change batteries. I yes. did that the first the first time. It, you also changed the batteries. I didn't. Oh, obviously didn't. I'm asking. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't touch so the why'd you say yes to when he asked if we changed the batteries? I wasn't responding to Owen. I was responding. Who are you to talking you. to? I was talking to you. Well, to answer your question, the first time this was happening, I changed the batteries, and then it let me connect it. So I don't know if I have to change them. On paper, those batteries should still be good, considering there was like a month in between of when I fucking did that. Are those batteries good enough to play Skyward Sword? No. No. Probably not. They will not last. They never did. In the battery drawer that we had. Why do you hate that game so much, anyway? Um... Because the the world is so boring, I want to say, because like it's supposed to be this cool premise. Like, sure, the story is really nice, but Skyloft, you have this the whole marketing in the game. Every trailer, you're flying around in this bird, but the sky is so fucking empty that riding the bird sucks. It's just I don't I don't ever want to do that. You just ride the bird, you jump off of it to go to the actual areas which are not in the sky. You barely spend any time in the sky, and I wanted to do cool things in the sky, and you don't get to do that. And the batteries always fucking died. That's, I think that's the it. technical limits of the Wii caught up to it pretty quickly. Oh, within the first couple of years. Oh my god, easily. Because, like, you look at the Switch right now, and you could argue that technical limits are coming up to it. But really, the way most people use their Switch, I think it's perfectly fine for maybe another two years or so. Have you guys seen any of the stuff that's uh, over the past couple hours leaking through Twitter over the Switch Pro? Oh, Oh, is it real? Oh, shut up, Mark. Bloomberg's reporting on it. I trust Bloomberg. Of course they are, because everyone wants to Switch Pro right now. They're, they know that the attention's there. They know that they'll get money for it, so they're just making those fucking clicks happen. This isn't well, real. Imran Khan also is talking about it, saying that dev kits have gone out, and that's why people are talking Imran about it. I've been talking about it for two years, though. But it's it's definitely going to happen. The dev kits just came out. It better be handheld. That's what I said last episode. It better be they, handheld. They, I do not want these a TV-only system. The reports are saying that the handheld is going to be bigger and uh, it will support 720p in handheld. Ooh. How much? Wait. Does the current handheld not support 720? I I'm not sure. I was thinking the exact same thing. It should be 4K in the dock, 1080 handheld. It will be 4K in the dock. Supposedly, I'm looking this up. Switch, Mark. Handheld. I, why, why are we believing this? Like, I do believe a Switch. Credible Pro's sources happening, but... are talking about it. That's why people who I know, people who I believe to be credible sources, are. That's why I think I'm talking about it. And we, it's just a matter um, of time. It's really just a matter of time. Okay, when the system is docked, you can choose between quality mode. Which wait, is this something different? Mark, Hold what's on. an OLED? Because I keep seeing it tweeting. Oh, like that's fire. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's something more than that. Wait, what was the question, Peter? <laughs> what are... Okay, he's laughing. Why are... Everyone's saying OLED along with this news. What the fuck is an OLED? It's a type of screen. Yeah, we'll have a 7-inch um, Samsung OLED 720 display with plans to unveil later this year. Display in mass production starting June with initial monthly target of just under 1 million units. Um... 
the current switch is 720p it appears okay so same quality just a bigger screen um which people probably overreact to um maybe with the bigger screen you would prefer it to be 1080 mm-hmm. but 720 technically looks fine on a small screen 1080 would look a little bit better but all of the different pixel amounts kind of vary by screen size so long as it runs better, like it, it, it can just run the same as it does right now. I, I don't play too many of the bigger games, the more de- like technically demanding games in handheld. So like I really don't know the performance. Like I played a little bit of Breath of the Wild in the handheld when that first came out, just because it was the Switch. I wanted to do something in handheld. I play a lot of Breath of the Wild handheld. Interesting. Nothing like you like it a lot oh, still. From what I'm reading, OLED yeah. wrote Warrior 64. OLED will consume less battery life, offer higher contrast, and possibly faster response when compared to the current Switch display. That and handheld, I think that's totally fucking fine with me, especially if the dock I is think, 4K. I'm assuming, Peter, you have a Samsung phone, right? Or maybe I LG? A, I used to. I have a Google Pixel now. Uh, it's I, possible the Google Pixel has an OLED screen. It's possible. Yeah, and this thing, this thing's great. No issues whatsoever. Let's look it up. I my Does... I have a Samsung Galaxy S twenty one, the one that just came out. Screen's pretty good. And it was like seven. It's like the people who are freaking out about seven twenty. It's like just they're not. They're not. They're just thinking. They're thinking dumb. They are thinking. Yeah, dumb. Peter, your phone is an OLED. Yeah, it's great. No issue whatsoever. It makes sense for a handheld to be an OLED. Again, especially I am a fan game. of that. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, that means more powerful games will start coming to the Switch. Nintendo games will be beefier. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's only a matter of time. Just just like especially because we hit the next gen. And if people if, if developers wanted to keep porting games over to the Switch to keep and keep it keep and keep up with present day uh consoles, it had to happen. And also, what that tells me is, like, if we're doing 4K Switch, it's going to be Switch still for, like, the next, like, four to five years, which I'm totally fine with. Wait, Mark, did you confirm that the rumors are 4K Switch? I believe they were. I read them myself. I read multiple people saying 4K Switch. Okay, well, I would say let's believe it when we see it, because we don't want to get too hyped up, as we're going to talk about on today's BNY Gaming Podcast. Oh. Episode 10. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. This week, we are miles apart yet again. What a shame. Unfortunately. I, I'm i going to switch it up. On the West Coast, joining me is Mark Gorski. How are you? Uh, you know what, Owen? Feeling pretty great. I'm feeling pretty great. That's, that's good to hear. Every once in a while, you come into this intro and you're like, oh, ho-hum. Yakuza didn't go the way I wanted mm-hmm. it to. No. But, uh, and what were you going to say? I don't know. Well, I'll get into it. It's about stuff I'm playing. I don't want to skip over okay. Peter. Just kind of used to the flow of me going second, unfortunately. Yeah. And still on the East Coast, but just not in the same room as me. The DM, Peter Gorski. How are you? Pokemon Legends. If this thing is true, Pokemon Legends better look a lot fucking better than it did in that footage. Everyone freaking out about the 720 OLED. Calm the fuck down. I'm doing great. Uh, Pokemon Legends, it will not be some sort of graphically impressive game, and then you're going to see 
everyone talking about like Game Freak lied again, and everyone's gonna be on Twitter like this doesn't look like the Pokemon I remember, and it's it's just gonna be a whole thing. Pokemon fans are really annoying. Pokemon, these days. No one hates Pokemon more than Pokemon, just like no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And no one hates Kingdom Hearts more than Kingdom Hearts fans. You're I fucking right. I don't, I don't. I don't know if that's that's true. I feel like it depends. It depends on who you're asking. There. I'm it in depends a depends if you're still drinking the Kool Aid or if you've awoken from your deep slumber, your birth by sleep. Uh, uh. There it is. Like, well, it sounds like we're going to need the power of uh, Awaken for this one, Peter. Oh, don't worry. The power of Frank <laughs> will fix any other fucking problem we have. Well, it was the power. Okay. It was the power. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm Oh God! For me. I couldn't no. dare, couldn't dare, couldn't dare do that. Okay, the new um, twist on what you've been playing is I just have to list every game in my mind and see if any of you are playing. Anyone playing Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep? Uh, nope, can't say are I am. Wait, are you no. serious? No, no, I'm kidding. I, I, I was gonna do like the stand-up comedian like trying to get a crowd reaction type uh, thing i see i see i was gonna yeah, fucking yeah. come to your house and spit on you if that were true well that would be irresponsible according to the cdc not as Very much true. playing kingdom hearts all right we always start with mark gorski for what you've been playing and uh you alluded to i don't know there's some mystery surrounding this uh, so what have you been playing i just uh, for Right before this recording, I just got off of playing it. Not finished with this game. It's a short game. Uh, I had been looking forward to it. I think I believe they got it. It got announced last year. Uh, game published by Annapurna. Uh, cool puzzle, narrative-y looking game called Makit, which we might know uh, just launched with PS Plus uh, as one of the free games for March this month. Oh, I've heard about this puzzle game, right? Yeah. It's like uh, the, the the way to the best way to describe it. The whole game is uh, you look. There's like this diagram, like diorama of the environment that it, you are actually in. You there's a smaller version of it, and if you put items, uh, you can pick up and place items inside this diorama, uh, like diorama, and then they show up in the world around you, and you have to do that to kind of traverse it and. Uh, use these items make them bigger in your world and uh get around the world just trying to climb on top of these things put them in the right places and there's a story being told as well throughout it i'm I'm not done with it because some of the puzzles are beating me i think i might have actually i, I don't want to say i've broken the game but i might have done something incorrectly and accessed an area i shouldn't have accessed early um i heard Greg Miller give a re- a review of the game, and he said at one point he did have like a bug where an item wasn't where it was supposed to be. Oh, so it seems like there are some bugs within the game. Interesting. Uh, that could be what's happening here. Oh shit! I'm I'm definitely looking for an item right now. For the past thirty minutes uh, before the podcast, I uh, was doing my best to creatively approach a puzzle. But something seems to be missing, and I, I I don't know where it possibly could be. So I'm gonna have to look into that. I like the game though. I like the game. One of the there's two characters. Uh, one of them is voice acted by uh, a voice actor I really like. Also did the voice for Claude in Fire Emblem Three Houses, Mr. Joe's. Um, I'm a fan. Ooh. 
I I know the the woman voice actor in it is Bryce Dallas Howard, who is a famous actress. Oh, interesting. Who, uh, she's in the Jurassic World movies. She has directed episodes of The Mandalorian. Oh shit! Yeah, she okay. has. She directed episode three, actually. Yes, she did. Is Baby Yoda in that um, episode. I believe he is. he is. I think he's in most episodes of <laughs> of said show. Really, before we guy. just played, before we just started playing Warzone, Owen, I was watching the like one hour documentary on uh, Disney Plus about the making of the Mandalorian season two. Really? Yes, that's why. I knew was it that, good? Yes, it's it's incredibly good. It's really game changing shit. The kind of stuff that Disney's using for the Disney Plus shows. I like that kind of stuff. I'm gonna check it out. Well, let's let's riff on uh, Warzone season two for a moment. Oh, that's my review. I, I agree. What? No, how could this happen? Well, uh, now, no one hates Warzone more than Warzone fans, Mark. Oh, really? And, mm. yeah, and only adding Shipwreck along with, I mean, the ground loot is switched up, but there's nothing, like, there's nothing game-changing. Oh. Just the, the game is the same, and it's been the same for about a year. We're about to hit a year. But also, a lot of the floor loot is still the fucking same. I'm still fighting Pellingtons. I'm still finding Milanos. I'm still finding XM4s. They added, like, two guns to the floor loot. They added stoners. What else Which you're a fan of. Yeah. Yeah. I am a fan of a stoner, but, you know, floor loot. I want floor loot to be completely different. They've also added, like, three, like, nu- like nuclear outposts where, like, there's three nukes, like, held underground. I guess that's hitting it, to, like, a future season or whatever. But stop delaying blowing up Verdansk. Do a new map. Now, for Christ's sake, it's so... Bo- this update is so boring. It barely... It doesn't feel like it's, oh, my God, a brand new season. What a new start. So many new, like, so many new additions to the game. They added a boat. They added an SMG. And they added an assault rifle. And the game's buggier. That's all they fucking added. What about the floor Nothing. loot? What's the floor loot looking like? Well, you already told you what the floor loot's looking like. It's, it's got a damn same, except, like, stoners are also there. Oh, that's what that meant. I, I was... Uh, not some be, words not here. Not be surprised with the other floor loot. I get you. Fair, fair. I'm still gonna play Warriors all the time. I still love the game. Massive letdown, though. Massive letdown this season yeah they they definitely think that they have like a lead going and that they can just they can take as much time with the new map as they want and whatever time they put into rebirth island just like was not worth it what a waste of money and time what a waste of time um peter have you been playing anything besides warzone and watching behind the scenes documentaries Yes, I have. Over the last week, not only did I finally get my beloved PS5, I also bought and picked up an Xbox Series X because the stars aligned that allowed me to get that within the time frame I so desired. Now, the only question I have is, are, do you still have problems in your life? That's a good question. Usually this solves it. It is uh, Right now, it's pretty good. Right now, my life is pretty banging. I'm pretty sure in a couple days... The magic of having both of these will start wearing off. Not completely, though, but, you know, I'll still feel some of it. But the high will definitely die down. But for now, I'm feeling it, and I feel feel pretty goddamn powerful. All right, so give us the rundown on these things. First off, let me just say, the Xbox Series X 
has the best packaging I've ever seen of a console. I open it and it feels like I just walked into a fancy restaurant and they're shining my shoes and they're complimenting my hair <laughs> and they're just saying such sweet things. It's so lovely. I, I would agree with you too. From from someone who opened a Series S, I I felt very. I I felt like Microsoft walked me through a box opening. I I, I feel I'm like sure Phil Spencer thing. like welcomed me into his house on Christmas morning. Mm-hmm. I really felt like I would like coming. to say, I completely agree as well. And Peter, you and I were talking privately the other day, how when you buy an expensive piece of tech, you like you want that experience. It's like give me a nice opening experience because I just gave you all this money. Just like show that you care a little more just by that much, just by making the box nice. Exactly. Exactly. Whereas opposed to the PlayStation five, which had miserable packaging, everything was just sprung around the place. The PS five was hard to grab, you know, drag out. So like stuck in the box in the corners was hard to set up too. Right. Yes, it took an hour and a half because our friend was a prick the entire time. And I won't say who it was, but if you're listening, you know who you are. And all they did was just sit on the couch, make jokes. They kept pushing over a box of games. They kept falling over me or whatever I was using. And they were just not making it easier. And just a PS5. Not only the physical setup, but transferring all the sh- the shit from the PS4 to the PS5 took longer. I had to connect it with. I know. I first before I continue. First world problems. This is not lost on me. How non, how real, how trivial these issues are in the grand scheme of things. But bear with me. This is a gaming podcast. But anyway, PS4 over to PS5. You got to connect them via Ethernet cord. Takes a while. It's annoying. Whereas with the Series X, I just downloaded... Wait, you connected them to each other? Yeah, yeah. you have to do that. You, you have, have to download... To, you don't have to do that. You, they can either be on the same Wi-Fi network, uh, or you connect them via Ethernet, and it's faster that way. Yikes, that's really inconvenient. You have to transfer the brains from the PS4 to the PS5. Whereas with the Xbox, I just did it over the phone, and it took a few fucking minutes... And it to was transfer right. your data? That's how that's yeah. all you had to do to transfer your data? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Xbox has had the system together for a long time. Interesting. Where if you're playing on any any of their platforms, if you're on your account and you open a game that you've played on a different console, it will immediately find your data. It was incredible. Like, Mark, or imagine, because you were here, you were with me when I was taking care of the PS5, how that took hours, I was, my Xbox Series X was ready to go in 25 minutes. Well, to be fair, to be fair, when I watched you set up the PlayStation 5, it was a miserable experience. Yeah, I was the one doing it. I agree. Like, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to, I'm trying to try, I'm going to try to say this nicely. Say it. Say it. Say this nicely. Say it. Say it to my face. Say it to my face. Come on. I can't say it to your face because distance, but... Say it. All the cables on a PS5, it's the same cables on a PS4. And you've, you've hooked that up before. I don't, I don't understand. It was stressful. It was anxiety-inducing. It was a strenuous experience I wouldn't wish upon my worst enemy. Oh, my... You were I remember, there. You... I I remember. I I remember sitting trying to. Get, I remember I was uh, 
I, I had my own struggles at that time. Yeah, you now took everyone that cord and ran away from me. I did. I needed everyone. It. Be honest with me. Mm-hmm. What What was the most strenuous part here? Was it the transfer, or was it plugging it into the wall and the TV? It That's- was secret option, James. Actually, it was secret option. Our fuck of a friend who just did not feel any desire or urge because he didn't need to he did not have to because it was you just had to put in the hdmi and plug it into the wall hour and a half and he did no the display what about the fucking display mark not the display the little stand that sits under the playstation is not something the yeah. nail wouldn't go through Sony. You're a great company, state of the art technology. You're not. You don't have good nails. You have I, piss poor nails, PlayStation. I mean, if I took a, if I took a look at that screw, it was a screw, not a nail. Also, you don't put a nail. Oh, out the, my ass! Right, you understand? <laughs> well, what if I there mean. is, if there is, I know those are two very different things. If we have a listener who's like, "Oh my God, did you hear? They have a nail in the PlayStation Five, and that that river gets spread <laughs> around, and Sony's reputation is over." It's just, it's just, I'm trying to control the messaging. I want people out there who don't have a PS5 if they're listening to this podcast, and I, I don't want them to get the wrong idea that there's nails, loose nails hanging out in the box. Well, I don't want them to get the false idea that there's an easy object to screw a stand into because it's not at all. Because you could, no I, I promise you, if we went to YouTube and saw someone do it in less than a minute, it'd be the easiest thing in the world. Sure, probably better if we didn't have to do that. But it's not like we would have had to like get Our a very other special. Our friend literally had videos up on his phone about that exact thing you're describing, and guess what? It didn't get us anywhere. It got us well, absolutely. Mark, Mark, you've experienced this. I didn't have to put up the same. That was oh, you only have to interesting. Get cons- you, you only have to have, you only have to be concerned about the screw if you're trying to get the PlayStation Five to stand upwards. But if you get it on its side, you don't have to mess with any sort of screw and mine's just setting i have a setting on the side i i knew i wouldn't be able to get it to stand up uh with Why my not? living room setup just because my because my living room setup was just not it, it just wasn't going to fit anywhere comfortably but sideways there's a plenty of good spots for it i knew that was how honestly it was be. whenever i find a ps5 i have no idea where that thing is going because the size of it I, I know it's been talked about to death, but I mean, it's it's a monolith. Yep, it's it's way bigger than I th- thought it would be in person. Like it doesn't anyway. feel like it's that big to me because I have it on its side, and I want to have it standing up because I want to look at it and be like, "Damn, it's a big console." But I I just can't make that work. Not comfortably. Not in my. When you start room. taking it out of the box and you move it for the first time, you realize like how much you underestimated the girth of this of this thing. It is. Well, was smaller than I thought it would be. Of course it is. I was hoping it would be bigger. But yes. But anyway. I'm a big fan of both consoles so far. I will say I'm liking my Series X a bit more, even though I just got it this morning. Just It's just been such a smoother experience operating it. But un, unlike the Xbox Series X that had no real launch titles, the PlayStation 5 did. And that is why I played and beat Astro's Playroom. And may I say, what an absolute delight of a game. It is not one of the best platformers I've ever played by any means, but I was just smiling the entire time because this is such a bright, colorful, happy game that celebrates the entire history of the PlayStation like family in such a 
significant way in such a way that really immerses you into the process that it it manages to celebrate the history of PlayStation while also immersing you into the process of celebrating it as great as it can by having you collect all sorts of devices and items from each time period and also has references to every single PlayStation game first party and other third party games that were relevant to it except for Starhawk. There is no Starhawk reference. I'm really sorry to those Starhawk fans. Sony does not care about you. There really isn't? I thought we did see it though. No, that was, I don't know what it was. I don't remember the name. It One of them was Ace Combat and I forget what the other one was but there is no there is no Starhawk. There's Gravity Rush. I was going to say, they got Gravity Rush, right? Yeah. That's that's a game I did want to play sometime. Yeah, you can find Cat pretty early on on the PlayStation 2 level. But Cat and Emmett both get added to PlayStation All-Stars at the same time. Cat is in the game. Emmett does not. That's pretty, you know, pretty sad for them. But I love... This is a major hit to your theory that PlayStation All-Stars is impacting anything. And that is a major hit to how much I want to hear your fucking back talk, Owen, while I talk about happy video games. I was I, medieval reference. I was yes, absolutely it was bothered. Yes, it, was, it was within the first three references Peter found when yep, he turned on the game, and I was so find, bothered. I was yep, visibly sir, upset about it. Sir Dan is found pretty early on in the PlayStation 1 level because they fucking know. Right next to Spike from Ape Escape, who is also in PlayStation All-Stars, and they are both revealed around the same time. So blow it out, your fucking asshole, Owen. All right? Well, I'm just hoping that as many people are finding Sir Dan and thinking, I need to know his story. (laughs) This skeleton with one eye? Who is that? I love it. I like Astro's Playroom. I like the consoles. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Peter, for your contribution. You're welcome. Uh, my, My week in gaming, I know... Everyone has been awaiting my Persona 5 Royal updates. Mm-hmm. And I really regretfully inform everyone no. that I I just needed a week off. I I completely burned myself out in what I was doing. And I, again, I need to reassure everyone. The, the, the sky isn't falling. I'm going to beat this game. I'm like over 70 hours into it. I'm going to beat the game. But... Sometimes you're just you're just not meant to play almost a full time job's worth of a video game like as quickly as possible. It's just not I can't I can't do it. I have a full time job myself. I I can't do it. Now instead of Persona Five Royal, I've been a major casual gamer this week. Where playing a lot of Rocket League, playing a lot of Warzone. And I've been playing a lot of Mario. Specifically, I've been playing Mario 64 on the the 3D All-Stars. And I really, I'm really enjoying that game, despite the fact that I am only scratching the surface of it so far. Because the moveset in Mario 64 is insanely diverse. And it really makes me want to look up, like different speed running strategies for each level because the things that you can get away with in that game are just really what's the word really fulfilling 
to find, is even your, if it's something. What? Is, is it your first time ever playing Super Mario sixty four? It is. Holy shit! shit. Yeah, holy I I did shit. I did oh not have, I did not have many Nintendo consoles growing up, and I also never played it on the DS, which I feel like most people would tell me good. The the I, DS port was weird. Uh, like you you can just tell uh, from playing it now, even on the Switch, the camera in that game is only so so. And yeah, it can be tough at times. It's it's not the worst thing in the world. Like this is like one of the first like 3D cameras that really built 3D. So like, of course, take it with a grain of salt. But imagine that, but you have to control it with the touch screen, and that just doesn't. Yikes! It doesn't. It doesn't. I have very well. I have played many games with worse 3D cameras, but it's definitely like you can tell it's an early iteration 3D yeah. game. None of the levels in that game are really demanding you to be a master of that camera anyway. That's pretty generous. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also got really into it because I watched a wonderful video essay by a guy named, I believe his channel name was Wizzawut. And he's like a really small channel and he had a good uh, Mario 64 video essay about what he learned by watching his girlfriend play it for the first time and I, I just recommend people watch it because it was really good. Um, beyond Mario 64, I've also been playing a lot of 3D World, the mainline game specifically. Um, I have one solo playthrough going on right now and one co-op. And I'm glad that I'm doing it that way because it really is different experiences. Which do you like more, the single player co-op? That's a good question because I, I think I'm getting more from the levels by playing solo. Like I'm appreciating them a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but in co-op there is more urgency and it's a little harder. So I like that as well. But also the, the other thing I found out is that apparently I'm just not a good Mario player and I'm going to try and correct that this year. Yeah. I, like thinking back on my childhood, I guess I wasn't the biggest platformer player either. Cause I can't really think of any early PS2 ones that I played a lot of. And now I'm getting into 3d world, a game that no one has ever said is hard. I've never heard one person. Now there are some hard levels in there. Uh, post game content. I've, I've never even accessed these levels, but I've heard they're really, really good. And to to get access to these levels, you have to get all the green stars in every level, and you have to also I believe I could be wrong here, but I think this is right. You have to get to the top of every flagpole, like the very top of it in each level as well, and you unlock an extra world at the end of the game. And those levels are supposed Damn. to be really hard. I really want to do that, but I definitely don't have the best groundwork to make that happen but i'm gonna try to because uh in my solo playthrough i'm in the last world i literally have one more level before bowser's castle and i i just didn't have time to beat it before this recording (laughs) um in my co-op playthrough i'm a little farther back but uh we're we're working through it it's going well i know there's there's some pro strats to do to i mean a you just look up all the green stars but if you have a cat uh power up that automatically gives you to the top of the flagpole. So like there's like, even if it's a weird flagpole, it's easy to just get to the top there. It's, it's, it's not easy to get to those levels because it's, it asks a lot, but it's, it gives you some options. I'm kind of trying to make 2021 a year of Mario for me. 
on the 36th so gonna... year of Mario. Could have been last year. I mean, you didn't have this game last year, so it couldn't have been. Exactly. Exactly. All right. I think it's about time we we start hyping up this topic because we're talking about hype. We're talking about fanhood in the gaming industry. There's a, there's a lot to chew on here because we all know we've all been victims of it where you hear that a a company is going to do say their own direct style announcements of things and you think wow this company makes a lot of things that I love and they could be telling me all about this uh in this 50 minute presentation but instead you get DC superhero girls go to high school. It was for someone else. Oh, and that game was what? for somebody else. And the, I'm not going to defend that. You want to hang on and throw your fucking dead? No. Like, holy shit! I mean, uh, I'm I am so sorry, guys, that I am referencing something from like two episodes ago. I'm just, but also in private. I apologize. Uh, no. I'm, I'm, I'm holding saying. it on for the rest of my life. I'm holding on to it. I, mean, I know. We've already re- we've already I know you are. Yeah. We already knew you were going We keep referencing PlayStation all stars. It's just going to happen. That one's going to stick with us. Where where do we want to start on this topic? Does anyone have a good jumping off point? Because there's so much between the fact that like video game marketing gets people too excited for some reason. And a lot of times they actually lie. And then on one end, the consumers, uh, maybe maybe it's their fault. Maybe they just don't have their expectations in check, and we can blame the consumers for all of the problems that the corporations face. Well, because corporations are saints, of course. Let's never forget that, you know. But all joking aside, this everyone is at fault to some degree, in all honesty. But let's start with the one who has the most weight on their shoulders. Game companies need to... I am now subscribing to the idea that the games industry should act like the movie industry. Just come on out and say every game you are currently working on or plan to work on. As an example, whenever Marvel comes out and announces a brand new movie in the MCU or a brand new show in the MCU, there's always a caveat of, oh, well, you're not going to see this in, like, Three to five years. And everyone eats that shit up. If Kevin Feige were to come out tomorrow and announce a new movie that won't come out till 2033, people are going to lose their fucking minds. I don't understand why the gaming industry feels the need to be so secretive with every single game that they're making, which then creates these long, like, these long hype cycles that build and build and build into these unrealistic expectations just come i i want i want developers and publishers to just come out with the game be like this is when we started working on it this is what we want to do this is how far we expect development to take this is what you're going to be doing like i stop inflating these games to be able to like cure cancer or bring jesus back into this world you know like just just say, I'm, we're making a fucking video game. We hope it's good. Here's how we're doing it. You'll buy it whenever we're done. Well, I agree. I agree and disagree. I, I because agree. one, 
it can kind of be company by company because if Kevin Feige is coming out and announcing something, like Marvel has their shit locked down. They know that whatever they're telling you, they might have to push a date, but like it's going to happen. Whereas in gaming, there is a lot of horrible management in the games industry. So there's no guarantee that any project that has started, there's no guarantee that it will even come close to seeing the end. Mm -hmm. And I think my least favorite announcements in gaming are when, when you get the Metroid prime four title screen, or you get the beyond good and evil Two cinematic trailer. And then, and then silence. You never hear anything about it again. I think with those specific two examples, they those two games uh, are part of. I mean, each each have their own very unique story to them. Where Metroid Prime Four just restarted development, and Nintendo was full transparency, just like, "Hey, we are starting over." They just threw exactly. out a video there. Exactly, that's an example of what I'm talking about. By the way, and they it's, just came and- out. But, and that, that that's really cool that they did that. But also at the same time, will, when will we see this game again? It's unfortunate that it has to be the way. And Beyond Good and Evil 2, I don't think a lot of people talk about this. But when they announced that game, in the couple of years it showed up at E3s, and then dis- it just c- disappeared after, uh, was because, I think at least, Vivendi uh, was trying to acquire Ubisoft and Ubisoft was just throwing out and announcing everything, talking about a lot of different things so that people would invest in them so that the corporate takeover would not happen. And then once Vivendi started backing off, we didn't see Beyond Good and Evil as often. Huh. That is an interesting theory there. I don't know if yeah. I believe it, but it's an interesting theory. There are a lot of games, like Skull and Bones is another game that was announced the same year as, uh, I believe it was the same year as Beyond Good and Evil 2. And that's they announced that game and it was it's they said it would launch two years from when they announced it which that's really unheard of to... i i don't think skull and bones even exists anymore at least it it almost definitely doesn't exist as skull and bones it, it, i wouldn't like, be surprised it doesn't have the same title or I, I think we did see gameplay of it which it's pretty fast it's fascinating that we saw gameplay and then they say they, they were they put a confident 20 i don't remember what year it was but it was two years ahead of when they were announcing it because usually it's just they did that coming and then they put pirate mechanics in just about all of their games to exhaust people of the of the ship combat that skull and bones was based around that's the ubisoft way we do one thing right we now shove it down your throat to the point that you can't even stomach the idea of it even touching your fucking tongue again but anyway a point i want to make I'm sick of the argument of games are being announced too early. Why are they announced too early? The fact that if they make you wait an extra year or two, are you suddenly not going to buy the game? It does not fucking matter how early they announced Metroid Prime 4, even without this change of developers and basically restarted the production. The Metroid fans are go if it, if it doesn't come out for another 10 years, they're still going to buy the game now you know definitively that it is being worked on and if it's canceled then that sucks but at least you know it's being worked on yeah. for something you're like ex- metroid i i think i agree with you there not, not sorry to cut you off if you if you have something right. more to say there it's um, just the idea of like it's just the idea it's it's i just hate the idea of whenever people complain about 
game is being revealed too early. Because no matter how long these people have to wait for games that excite them this much, you're going to buy them regardless of their release date. So just, just relax and wait for it to come out like the rest of us. I think it, okay. it depends on what game it is. Do you have something to say there, Owen? No, no, you're continuing on this. I have a, a shift okay. after, after your point. Okay, the, the thing I want to point out is that we're talking about Metroid right here. And I think I think you're right in this instance because we're talking about Metroid Prime 4. The future of the Metroid series is always in question because it's not their most popular series. So telling fans it's going to happen, uh, just announcing a title, I think is still a big deal. Even if right now we're waiting four years on any sort of footage for it. But like, compare that to say, like, do we need... I was going to say a Mario Kart 9 because we know that's going to happen. Like that's that's going to happen and I'm sure right now in the general scheme of Mario Kart it's I'm I'm very curious where Mario new Mario Kart content uh, content is going to show up that isn't on mobile. But uh, depending on a series, I, I think how we uh, how a game is announced and hyped up uh can play out very differently just whether we know it's a long running series where another entry is guaranteed or not because there there's okay. there are some that will benefit from that for sure but others I, I i don't think we need that kind of treatment so this this is a good way to start the idea of hype because peter's idea kind of rips the hype out of it but it gives you some sense of certainty and I think there's validity to that. And I think it especially works when it comes to like kind of a more dormant franchise like Metroid Prime. Now, we all have like dumb gamer brains that have been just I got the platinum really? trophy in every Kingdom Hearts game. You can't really? uh, you cannot okay, yeah. do that with a right, dumb game. You gamer no. listening to this podcast, you have dumb gamer brain. I oh have my God. almost okay. every yeah, you character in Elite do. Smash in Super Smash Bros. Now, now let, let me finish for the context. Of course, of course, of course. Our dumb gamer brains want that hype reveal. We we can intellectually say, well, well, hype is a problem from all these different directions in the games industry and people get their expectations bad and companies are bad at setting expectations. We can say that all we want, but in our heart, we want a game that we really like to be revealed in a really cool way. And from that, like I see something like I never had any doubt in elder scroll six was going to be made. And it does disappoint me a little bit that the first reveal of it was a title screen animation type thing. And they probably had nothing made in the game. They were probably like in the beginning process of pre-production. If I had to guess who knows if they've even begun like real development on that game. Mm -hmm. And it was revealed like what, two years ago, two or three that years is, ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little disappointing to me because I know, I already know what that series is capable of, and I like the moments where they show me 
that it's capable of more. But the flip side of that is a game like Cyberpunk, where Cyberpunk went all for the let us let us show you all of these dreams that you have about this game, and we're going to show you that they exist. And then it came out, and they didn't exist. They absolutely did not exist. It was such a yes. different uh, result than what we were promised. I, I think um, it was such a big deal. Oh, and I disagree on several things you just said. Including okay, the, the Elder Scrolls Six. You, you really think that's that's fine how they did that? I what? Okay, the idea of like, well, with us in our big, dumb, horrible, awful, disease-ridden gamer brains, wanting this massive yeah. review of hype and how the corporations and gamers. But the reason it's like that is because that's the environment that has been created around us for decades in this industry. If developers and publishers just decided, fuck that, we're not going to do that anymore, many people may roll their eyes and not like the direction it's going, but we're going to have to be dragged there, even if we're kicking and screaming, because they're the ones who make the games. They're the ones who create the entertainment. They're the ones who make this fucking hobby. So if we, like, the idea of, like, oh, we'll always want these reveals, maybe until we get to a point where we're just not used to them anymore because everyone who enables these things to occur just decides they're done. Another point I disagree with is the idea of, like, it would tear the hype out if they just announced their games early. I'm incredible. I am genuinely very excited for Blade in the MCU, and especially him being played by Mahershala Ali. That is fantastic. They announced that in 2019... And that movie came to be because after Mahershala Ali won won the Oscar for his performance, I'm pretty sure it was either Moon Knight or Green Book. I think it was Green Book, though. Later that night, he called Kevin Feige and Lily just straight up said, I want to be Blade in the MCU. And Feige's like, yeah, sure, we'll get started on that right now. And then they announced it a few months later, and that is how they started, the whole process of Blade. And that movie's not going to come out from when that was announced four or five years later. And that doesn't hurt my hype at all. I continue to be excited for this product that I know is not going to come for a very long time. I don't understand the idea of like, all the hype is taken out if we know a game is not coming for four or five years. Why? You know it's going to be made. You know it's going to come out. I just don't understand why the hype suddenly dissipates when, especially a game that you already know is going to happen gets announced so you definitively know that it is being like that it is being made in, in production i just do not understand it where where i'm going to disagree with you there where where my counter argument to you peter is the example you're bringing up is the mcu and blade is blade is going to be a movie or is it going to be a show i'm not I'm it'll not be a sure. movie okay at least right now in the mcu like the mcu fandom they have something to work on right now like there's wandavision's happening right now like they're they're being fed right now they get content let's look at elder scrolls fans sure they have elder scrolls online right now that's what they're they get to to play with right now but that's that's something that's kind of been all out for a long time but it's also an mmo that's not the core the scene to Elder Scrolls fandom in general just because it's a single player game so the single player Elder Scrolls fan are starving right now and right now but they just wait. have this 
But know you know get... the game's gonna be made. But you know, I don't understand that because it's either you wait for the game to come out and you aren't sure it's being made definitively, or you wait for the game to come out and you know it's being made. You like we in both scenarios, you're waiting. You are waiting with your thumb up your ass for this game to come out. The only difference is we definitively know now that it is being worked on. I do not understand how that ruins it. With either way, we're waiting for five or six years for it. I think from a perspective of a, a fandom perspective here, looking at you, Peter, I think you're a little privileged right now because okay, okay. Because okay. here's 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 why I say this: I live with an avid Metroid fan. He is starved for Metroid content. He tweets out on a day, uh, I think a weekly basis, is Metroid Prime 4 out yet? Or, I, I believe that's what it is. And, Nintendo, like, even, even in Animal Crossing, they had a whole update that they were bringing some Nintendo items to the game and a lot past uh, Metroid or Metroid past Animal Crossing games have had Metroid items in it. But right now only Mario is added. So even even in like the slightest of other Nintendo games where we could get some kind of Metroid content, not even there can it be delivered. This game Metroid Prime 4 is in the ethos. It may or may not exist. We don't know what other kind of Metroid content is out there. None. Absolutely none of it. There's a, there's a... I I still disagree with you though because I don't think that's a bad thing because the, the fact that but okay it's bad no no I stand by it because if they imagine if they don't announce Metroid Prime Four then you just think the franchise is dead you just think the franchise is never coming back they're not working on it they do not care whereas opposed to this they li- they literally had a representative from Nintendo come out and say we understand the expectations, and the weight on our shoulders. We do not make this game lightly. This game has a certain milestone it needs to reach, and that is why we are restarting development from the ground up. That shows you they care. That shows you they know they don't want to fuck it up, and that shows you that they care about the fan base, and that they want to make the game that the fans have been waiting for for years. That shows that they are putting work and love into Metroid, and that it's going to come out, as opposed to them not saying anything, and everyone just assuming Metroid's dead. Where's Metroid? Where's Metroid? Where's Metroid? Okay. That's what's going to happen in the scenario they don't announce it. Maybe maybe we need to step away from Metroid, because this is a very specific example. Not every game publicly is, everyone is told the game has started over from scratch from developing. But that's the okay. idea of all okay. the game. The, the wait is longer At now. least we definitively has... know they're being made. I That's mm. perfectly fine. I mean, we don't need I an have, Assassin's Creed I have a to bad be... take. Okay, go for it. I, or, I wouldn't say it's a bad take. It's more a bad counter point to what Peter is saying. Okay, go for it. What, what's happening? What is this? Has take? anything good come from Elden Ring discourse? No. I mean, there's just no, nothing at all. There's just nothing to work on right now. There's, oh my gosh, uh, I I wish I had it on hand. There is a YouTube channel uh, that does daily updates on Elden Ring and has been doing it since the game has been announced. This YouTube channel has tens of thousands of subscribers. The views on every video this this account is daily is in the thousands as well. People are People are starved and want to know more about this game, but but what what are they going to do? We just we can't talk about it. There's the the footage that leaked recently. I haven't seen the footage. I've heard it's really terrible quality, and you can't really tell much about it. But 
I, I I don't know if they have much to go on. This is a, a fandom that I don't know. It's not a series that exists. It's a Souls-esque game. We know that much about it. So like people who are drawn to that are kind of the audience, the people here looking at it. Uh, and combine that with like George R. R. Martin that's true. worship that's true. that I think I think that still happens. Absolutely. I, I definitely think so. Even despite the ending of Game of Thrones, but he he he's still it, his hands are story. clean. He he gets to act like yeah. he had nothing to do it's with it. It's true. Him. He's he gets a pass. I disagree again. I I I think I genuinely believe and I'm not trying to poke anyone in the eyes, but if I do then so be it. I think the discourse around Elden Ring is so aggressively overblown. The game is being worked on. It's going to come out. You're going to get to see it. You at least know it's being made. I don't... Like, we want to see... I understand the idea of wanting to see more, but the fact that they're foaming out the, from the mouth, acting like it's never going to happen, it's going to happen. You do but not... But why, why announce Elden Ring so early in advance that they didn't have anything to show about it? Like, that's... that's you a know game, it's like... being made! George R. R. Martin built up a lot of hype. A lot of eyes that otherwise might not have been on this game are now on this game, and it's now they're now looking out for news. These Would that have... Not... Uh, no, go on. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. These uh, people who are interested in this game, look at how rabid this fan base is. They are not going to stop caring just because FromSoft takes a longer time to work on this game. They've gotten what they wanted. People were talking no, about okay. it. Jeff Keighley even mentioning Eldering at the Game Awards has it trending on Twitter. They announced it this early. They've now built this, like, this atmosphere around the game. Now that to when the game is finally revealed again it will be an event when otherwise it might have just been a footnote in a press conference so i now uh, mark mark i know you have a point but i have to cut in because peter just unlocked my brain with so far i want to hear it i've been sitting here and i can't quite figure out like i know that that something about hype and marketing and games and fanhood just it's all icky to me and I've been struggling to articulate why it's icky. And it's because what Peter is saying is that at the end of the day, the thing that needs to happen is that people need to care about the game when it comes out. And I think the thing that needs to happen is that companies need to adjust exactly how much fans should care when this game comes out because when you let when you take the lid off and you let the imagination of fans run wild it can only go poorly for you and i actually heard on one podcast game director mike bithel a an indie game director he said the indie game development marketing strategy is try to convince as many people as possible that your game might not be for them. Because if you find the actual niche audience that you're going for, that's essential for an indie game because an indie game can live or die by, say, their Steam ratings. They can't, they can't have this big, overarching, mysterious marketing campaign where they show fake gameplay to make it seem like everyone will love this game. Because that could destroy their studio if they do that. And I think AAA game development and marketing doesn't have that mindset. They want they want to sell their game to everyone on the planet. 
And I understand the desire to do that. But we always run into these problems when the companies let their fan base run wild. And that's what we're seeing with Elden Ring right now. That's the worst part of it. You mentioned Jeff Keighley mentioning it. That was an offensive moment to me. At a game, at at an award show for video games, we're giving an award to a game just because people like the commercials for it, essentially. Mm-hmm. That that's not that's not part of making a video game. That it's probably handled by an entirely different department. Uh, many many video games, I'm sure, aren't even marketed in house. Like that's not part of video games. You don't give awards to movies for how good their commercials were. So why is that such a big deal in games? It bothers me so much. Because that's the environment they've created. Look at what are the biggest announce like what are the biggest times of the year in the games industry? June, because usually E3, and December, because the game awards. Because the games industry, publishers and developers have crafted this industry where marketing their marketing their marketing campaigns are events in and of themselves. They've cracked the code. They are just able to make everyone so just jumping on their fucking chairs just to be fed commercials for their products. But they paint it. Oh, it's a press conference. It's a lot. It's They make it seem like it's a much bigger event than it truly is. Because at the end of the day, all these directs and state of plays and these Microsoft conferences, they're just selling us products with their commercials. That's all it is. But they've painted them. The ma- they're making us think that this mound of mold is a fucking cake. And we're apple- we are happily eating it up when at the end of the day, we're just eating fucking dirt. That's what it is. I, I got some feelings at all this. I, I think we're not giving enough credit. I, I, mean, I mean, yes, there's a lot of trailers, no gameplay. We don't really know what we're getting, but people go crazy over it. Uh, and we can blame the companies, the developers, whoever, whoever is responsible for putting these trailers out there, um, for arguably misleading people, for uh, just to get them to talk about their game to possibly promise something that might not be there. But fans, game fans especially, have always loved hype. I think hype is such a big part of it, just talking about what what the what the thing could be. It even stretches back, I feel like, really far. Just I like looking back to the 2000s. And I know Blizzard cinematics for all of their games were a huge deal whenever one of those would drop. Even, even some Overwatch stuff. There's, there's a lot of uh, their cinematics come out and people make a, a, a big deal about it because they love to see that content. Uh, I, I think it kind of roots there just a lot of... Uh, I, I know gamers for sure definitely love the speculation. They're there for it. Whether the, whether the companies uh, like it or not, they could try marketing their games in any different way, but I think uh, gamers would still act this way they would they would uh behave the same way that they do because this is just how games have been consumed for so long and, and another, uh, another oh, sorry, I, I thought you were done. Go I, I i'm going to counter one thing you said before peter where you said elden rings we'll talk about it we announced this game earlier just so it can generate this much hype i think it's it would have like you could announce elden ring 
for what it is. And then it comes out in six months. And I think it would generate just as much hype because it's literally it's a from software game with George R. R. Martin. It's going to sell disagree. itself. I disagree. If it had just if it had just come out in six months, it would have. I think the from software community would have eaten that shit up. But the fact that it's now becoming like this urban legend in gaming, people who are not into FromSoft games are now interested in this game, or at least paying extremely close attention to it because of the fact that it's disappeared for so long. Isn't that only a disadvantage for yeah, it, though? Yeah, exactly. Because people who aren't into FromSoft games will boot up a FromSoft game and realize that they hate it. It's it's snowballing. to a, The hype for that game is snowballing to expectations that uh from software is not going to deliver on because like this they're just making it to them it's we're making we're making another game in this uh setting we haven't done before and now everyone's going crazy for so much for for not seeing this for so long and everyone's setting their own expectation and it's becoming this monolith of a of a of a game to people it's the number one game that people are hyping over, and it's just not. It was never going to be that. And sure, maybe, maybe we'll be wrong, and this is going to be the second coming of Jesus. I don't know. This game could be that, but right now, this is this is too much uh, for from some for from software to control. Right now, this is not. I sure it's good for them that this many people are talking about it, but especially in the past, gamers can be very cruel to things they do not like. And it can blow up in their face entirely. This is this is just no longer in their control, and I just don't think it's it's good Here for that reason. Is I know this is my favorite word tonight. I disagree again, because look at Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk was a game that promised the world. Look at how many different attributes of the game they promised years ago, and then had to cut out due to development costs and time. All they have said about Elden Ring is it is a from software game with a with a partnership between George R.R. Martin and FromSoft. That is it. Cyberpunk was the mess it was because it promised you the world and it gave you an island. I, I mean, Cyberpunk also had gameplay trailers that were extremely different than the final product, and I think that's where we penalize... That's a big part of where the penalizing for that game is, that it is just... It is just straight up lying about what it was. That's another reason why... Cyberpunk... That's a, Cyberpunk is one extreme. It is. It's, because, it's a very specific situation. Yeah, because I think my part of my thesis here is that game companies are responsible for controlling expectations. That's why I think it's a problem that there aren't any set expectations for Elden Ring, and that can only hurt it. Mm -hmm. Now, the Cyberpunk situation is different because they did set expectations. They were making it very clear what their expectations were. And they completely lied. They, they were showing people that this is capable to happen in our game. And then when you got the game at your home console, it could not do that. From Software hasn't lied. From Software. They have, no, they haven't lied, but they're not controlling expectations. They're not. Like it, when, whenever the first gameplay, like official gameplay reveal, this this could blow up in their face. It could no longer be the game, the big game everybody wants. People, people, people are talking. People are talking about that leaked footage that was one recorded poorly. Two, it was a recording of another screen, so you can't really put that much into it. But I've seen the Twitter discourse about how people think it looks like a PS2 game. 
people are already saying that. Yeah. Yeah, and those people are just looking for clicks and they're trying to capitalize on outrage culture. I I don't think people are doing like if it's just people publicly talking on Twitter and that's what they're they're just putting their honest takes out there, like in the replies to tweets. I don't know. That's just that's not people putting content together for clicks. That's someone expressing their their views. But you have other people who are outraged on these feelings and they find your account because they're searching through results on Twitter and then they see you and then they follow you and then more people follow you as a result of the outrage bait you're tweeting out. And then they dox you. Yeah. Well, (laughs) they dox you. (laughs) If you have a fucking clone about getting a PS5, your fucking address in Florida is outed in minutes. But anyway... I just all FromSoft has said is that it is another FromSoft game. I do like. I do not. Th- I everyone's expectations are not of this game that they've never played before. It's of a great FromSoft game, which they have. I played. don't. I don't so much buy that. I, what I really think be that... hoping for like for the Chow Garden and for Master Chief to be in the game. Like <clears throat> I don't understand what else they could be expecting. I really do think that. There, there are plenty of FromSoft fans that are excited for Elden Ring because they want to see a new IP from them. Those, those I would say, are like the real FromSoft fans who are also mature enough to realize that. But I think there's a lot of people that think, could this be their first real cross into a full, living, open world? And then... From those people, those people that aren't into from software games that you mentioned earlier that are thinking about maybe they want to play Elden Ring now. It depends on how tapped into the game industry they are and how much they play games because I kind of, maybe this is a jaded point of view and I have no idea what the common man looks like anymore. But I kind of assume that a lot of casual gamers that will play a game like that, they still look at most games and say something along the lines of either, oh, that looks like GTA, oh, that looks like Skyrim, and I think you can probably add, oh, that looks like Breath of the Wild at this point. And I think a lot of people will look at Elden Ring and and say the Skyrim one. And that is not what people will be getting out of that game. I think it'll look, I mean, we're, ju- we're literally speculating on what this game could be from so many different angles. I think it'll look like a Souls game, just with a interesting fantasy skin on top of it. And whether that's, like, I don't know if that's going to live up to the hype of what people think this will be. I think people want the next evolution of Souls games, whatever that looks like. Uh, but I, I think that'll still turn off a lot of people because of like, oh, wait, this is still Souls. Like, I, I don't. I, I don't I don't know if people really know what they want it, because it's such a huge just because so many eyes are on it so many different perspectives are on this game that once we finally see it I think people will maybe dissipate and it won't be it won't be what everyone thinks it will be or because it's still fucking Elden Ring people will still believe this game is going to be the next best thing but maybe this will blow up my face but I just thought of a comparison to combat how cyberpunk is the form of this going incredibly in the wrong way. FF7 Remake is the example of this going in the positive way. Depends on who you ask. But I, I think 
I think you might have a point. Go on. I, I, I think consensus consensus is that it went in the positive way. Yeah, I think so. I from think sales so. reviews and overall thoughts on it, I would say it went the other way. Whereas, has there ever been a video game more hoped, like more chased after and spoken of before it came out than a Final Fantasy VII remake? Kingdom Hearts Three. I'd say Last Guardian, Kingdom Hearts Three are games we could throw in the boat here too. Uh, These more were... people talk about FF Seven remake than Last Guardian. Come the fuck on, Mark. Come on. I mean, back back in the late two thousands when that game disappeared, that was like a, a mythical video game when people wanted yeah, to Last know where Guardian. It was. Last Guardian was a niche that made a lot of noise. Yeah. I mean, I I would love a. Just really quick, I want the the world where at one of these things, Agent is announced again. Do you guys know what Agent oh, is? Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Agent. If that ever happened, people's brains would explode. Yeah. Just because of like, oh my god, what happened to this Yeah, game? what happened? I Half-Life like- 3, I think we could also say, like, if Half-Life 3 ever shows up, people would explode. People would melt in real time. If Agent ever came up, like a thousand people would be like, holy fuck. If Half-Life No, uh, basically anyone who's been paying attention for a decade, yeah. like really paying attention, we would all be like, yo, what the fuck is I happening be, right yeah. now? Whereas Half-Life, I feel like even casual gamers have heard of where's Half-Life 3. I just feel like that's such a thing that Half-Life 3 has taken on a life of its own. And I had a point. Yeah, no, I I I'm sorry, I cut you off on your FF7 point, if you can it, remember it's it. Gone. It's gone. You killed it. Well, okay, now, I understand what you're saying of FF7 is a case where not only were they kind of weaponizing nostalgia, which is something we've talked about before, they promised a lot, and they actually delivered on it. Everyone's happy in that situation. And I think my biggest problem with game conferences, despite the fact that I still, I still get sucked in. They're still like fun to watch, but this is heart versus mind. Intellectually. I know the only thing that matters is the quality of the game that actually comes out. Something that means significantly more than the hype around Elden ring is the fact that another from soft game bloodborne from 2014, maybe it was 2015. 2014. It was 20. No, it was, that... it was 2015. It was 2015. Okay. It was announced I th- I think in 2014, right. released in 2015, I believe. Something that is more important is that a game that is six years old, people still talk about it daily. That's more important in the games industry. And I know it's something different entirely. And we're, we're trying to focus more on the marketing and why do people get so hyped. But I, I remember when Shenmue 3 was announced and I was told that that was the biggest fucking deal on the planet. And then that game came out and sucked. It's really so why don't, people, why don't people just take these... Maybe I'm coming more towards Peter's side. We know they exist... Who cares? Who even cares what they look like? Because by the time it comes out, it's either going to be good or bad, and you're just going to have to determine that then. I don't. I don't need the commercials 
convincing me that something is the biggest deal that's ever happened in gaming. I want to see the product actually come out and perform. I think I think with Shenmue, like I even I've done a little bit of reading on it, and I think some really devoted Shenmue fans were still they got the game that they wanted to get, which baffles me because uh, you can I, I know Video Game Ducky's got a video on it that'll really showcase like what what that game is and how not great and weird it is. Now, but, this the the other side of the Shenmue conversation though was the amount of people that went back to play those games after that reveal and they were like, "Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a is a weird game." I I think yeah. I think what's really interesting about Shenmue 3 at that time is that it was on a Sony stage like that was unexpected and i i think the surprise element here is just something that really resonates uh with a lot of gamers is you everyone's i i think it with nintendo directs at least it's always really popular to go into that uh with a bingo sheet trying to guess what could possibly be shown off because uh the sky is the limit you never know what's going to be shown off and people like to dream up whatever whatever possible game they they might want to see and i think I, I think we all have kind of our t- expectations kind of tempered a little bit. We, we, we we're so laser focused onto the industry. I want to say that we we kind of know what we want to do, but this is this is a hobby to a lot of people. So people it's, it, people aren't into games to keep their finger on the pulse to see exactly what Nintendo is doing to know what they would probably be doing at every week, every month of the year to see where everyone's at. They just see, oh, it's a new Nintendo Direct. Man, could I get a new Okami game? That'd be pretty cool. A game I haven't seen for a long time. A series that's probably dead. Uh, just trying to, to to bring things back that we would never see again. Or bring a series back to life that has no has no reason to really come back. But uh, people really like it. Like a Super Monkey Ball coming back. That, that'd be crazy if, if it ever happened. But... Shenmue is also an example here where the Shenmue fans are like this this shouldn't have ever happened but it did so those people are just going to get really loud about it and everyone around them is going to be like huh some people are making a really big deal about this what possibly is this thing uh, I, I think a lot of people get excited for good reason here uh, just because it's very some some of these reveals are very much their thing and have some history to it but uh it's it's still marketing at the end of the day. Uh, you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt. However, you are we just out. are we just too jaded at this point? Have we either been burned or seen people get burned too many times? I mean, I I, I remember when Kingdom Hearts three was announced yeah, finally like, in twenty thirteen. Like yesterday, we are in our fucking living room. We have that big TV on the ground. We were both playing through Last of Us one at the time. When it started, we thought it was like a trailer for another remake or something. And then we figure oh. out what it is. We're screaming our fucking lungs out like there's no tomorrow. I the Disney logo showed up. Disney when the logo Disney logo showed up. And Tetsuya Nomura is on the screen specifically. He's like, I have two things I want. To- I have something I want to talk about. Final Fantasy 15 or 13 Verses at the time, which was a whole whole other story of marketing a game and what's going on there. Uh, but then the next game, it's Disney. I'm thriving because Kingdom Hearts 2 is in 2006. Been how many years? It was seven years of waiting at that point. Granted, there are other Kingdom Hearts installments along the way, but we know Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to be a thing. And even then, it took 
it took six more years for the game to come out, of course. But like in that moment, I felt seen, you know? I have a question about Kingdom Hearts 3. When you look back, are you happy that you at least have that moment of joy from the reveal? Or do you think that reveal allowed your hopes and dreams to run wild about the series? I don't think Square Enix could have done anything about it. Like, the bar had been set. Uh, as a fan of Kingdom Hearts, I know I wanted something from it. Sure we could say, oh, I, I set the bar too high. There's no way Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to live up to, to whatever idea I had hoped and dreamed it could have been. But okay, Peter. Okay, well, he waited a year for that butt, so I wasn't sure if he was <laughs> done or if he was going to keep going. Go ahead. Kingdom Hearts 3 fucking sucked. It was terrible. It was nothing. It was nothing like it should have been. Owen, I would. I think I'd. I might. After what we got, I think I'd be okay. I think I would rather if I was still waiting for it. I mean, I mean, I. It. It was gonna come out eventually. They had to announce it, and I, as a fan, I was eagerly waiting when it was going to happen, and it finally did. And then, I definitely would have preferred to have played it sooner than later. I would have rather played it in twenty thirteen, fourteen before twenty nineteen. Literally another. It, it, it was announced at the beginning of the console generation, and came out right at the very tail end. My excitement for the game would not be dead if we still weren't playing it. I would be totally fine and still just as excited if we were still waiting for a game that would hopefully be a lot better than what we ended up fucking getting. But like you know, there never would have been that the game that I would have wanted it okay, to be. It might not have been the game we desperately wanted, but it wouldn't have been the game that we fucking got. All right, that's that's the point I want to make. It was I mean, never gonna what be the, what, the dream, but it's the reality. Shit. What this is sounding like to me is there. There's a famous book called The Alchemist. Uh, a lot of people might have read it in school, and there's a shop owner in that book that tells the main character about how his dream is to one day take the pilgrimage to Mecca. And the main character working with that shop owner makes him enough money to take that trip. But the shop owner decides, no, he lives for that dream. And that's what Kingdom Hearts sounds like. You just wanted the dream that Kingdom Hearts 3 was going to be good. And the only thing that could happen if it came out, was that it wouldn't be that good. There's a difference between it not being as good as we want and it being bad. It could have been like an 8 out of 10, not exactly what I wanted, but I could have lived with it. It's like a fucking 6 or a 5 and a half. Oh, it sucks. It's bad. I, I, the combat's I, too fucking floaty. The story is goddamn awful. Joel, J- Haley Joel Osmond should be allowed to deepen his fucking voice. The man's in his 40s now. Just let Sora sound like he's getting older, for God's sake. I I think as a super fan of the series, uh, well, Kingdom Hearts three was supposed to be. Mark, I feel we like start, we're Mark, just we're doing it. We are. Yeah. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna keep this. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get out. I'm a super fan of Kingdom Hearts, and Kingdom Hearts three, even at 2013, was let up. This is going to be the end of this saga of. 
all all the games in the series have been building up to this one moment at work. What a lie! Story, and it wasn't what that. a lie! It just, it just wasn't that. And I don't think two more years of development would have changed that because it's not it's not what Tetsuya Nomura was going to do with it. So what does it matter? I, I feel like spending that much time on it just only makes fans more uh, curious about what's going on at this point. Like, in reality, Kingdom Hearts 3, you said you would have preferred to play it in 2014. You probably would have preferred to play it in, in 2011. Yeah, I would have preferred because we were sitting with it for so goddamn long, just speculating what it could possibly be. We just keep building more onto the series. Like, oh, we're going to have so much more to work with when we get to 3. And it's like, oh, we're only going to work with so much of it. And most of this game is going to be the plot of other Disney movies, which is a big part of Kingdom Hearts. And this is... And not even done well. I mean, I I probably agree. Elsa and Frozen doesn't even know who the fuck you are. You never go to Arendelle. You're running around the goddamn mountain the entire fucking time. How do you can you call? It's like saying I'm going to Chicago. I went to Chicago for a week and only staying in the goddamn airport. You didn't go to Chicago. We didn't go to Arendelle. We're in the goddamn mountain. All right, ding, ding, ding. That's that's my alarm going off for Kingdom Hearts discussion is done, but I do think it illustrates the kind of, it's on a different level, but it's kind of similar to Elden Ring and how people could react to the that. Elden Ring fans kind of similar. nothing on what we suffered through. They want to act like what they're going through is trouble. It doesn't even hold a fucking candle to Kingdom Hearts. All right, you fucking sit <laughs> uh, No, no I, I agree. I agree. It's just a semi-similar situation. Don't fucking say similar buildup. Say that shit. You don't say that shit to people. You don't say that shit to people. Why would you like, say that? Like even then, though, like Kingdom Hearts things were getting content. There were other Kingdom Hearts things happening over the the course of those the the six years waiting for that game. Elden Rings is just it's the starting of something new. We know nothing about it still. Before coming back to this, just got Shakiro two years ago, and it won Game of the Year. All right, you don't act like they aren't eating. They're eating. It's fine. I mean, yeah, it's a Souls game, but it, I, think, okay. I think people want it to be more. We we keep coming back to Elden Rings, but I it, want. Uh, what did you have a thought to finish there? Let Owen take okay. the wheel and get us out of this be- fucking. Because I want to cover one last topic relating to this, and uh, I stumbled upon it. I think somehow we created a structure where the beginning of this podcast were the fault. Of the corporations. The corporations have put us in a bad spot. And that leads to bad fan reaction. Yes, it does. Now, when bad fan reaction goes too far, you get the console wars. I think the biggest fault in gamers and in fans, and it's it's difficult because gamers are two things simultaneously. If I'm saying gamers, I can just mean the people who play games like us. Or I could mean literally the worst people on the internet. The worst people on the internet fall under that umbrella where they're they're a gamer and they're also like really big into alt-right stuff. And it turns out there's a lot of these people. Oh, wow. We're just fucking going for their throats. Let's do this. Uh, fun fact uh the hogwarts legacy like one of the directors oh, it, it got revealed it got I'm revealed that like 
he just like has what what is pretty much an alt-right youtube channel and one of the videos is titled it's okay to be a gamer yep oh oh yeah harry potter cannot catch a fucking break i feel so bad for that poor goddamn franchise okay but with the console wars i think that is showing the consumer at its worst because it is the encapsulations of this like sports mindset within within the consumer you choose you're going to put all of your eggs in the microsoft basket and you're going to you're going to be one of their soldiers because they're your team and you're going to do anything for your teammates when in reality Microsoft has no idea who you are and you're defending this multi-billion dollar organization. Microsoft is probably approaching the trillions. And where is, is there a way I'm struggling with the question here? Is there a way to fix this mindset? Has it gone too far? What what are people's thoughts? Yes, it's gone too far. And you use sports as the apps comparison. I think they are the same until they are not in that sport you, you can be a bills fan and really not you don't have to spend a dime on them you can just watch the games from home and that can be it whereas console wars and gaming fandoms become more toxic because they are constantly spending their own hard-earned money either every year or every other year or however many constantly buying hardware and software and other accessories for this brand, they are constantly putting their money into this machine. So they need to feel more validated in their purchases, in their decisions, and nothing can steer them other from otherwise. And also, another side of it that people don't like talking about too much is that the world is kind of shitty. And escapism is a major factor that goes into people's gaming decisions. And imagine someone knocking on your door and saying, your way of escaping from the cold, hard realities of the world, it sucks and you should feel bad for them. You would flip your shit. How dare you tell me that my method of running away from the horribleness of every day is wrong. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. And then then the hostility forms and you can then physically see it in the mentions of companies, tweets, and marketing. I also think another position of comparison, weirdly enough, is the the American political system. Okay, yeah. Where we your your party is your team and what your party believes in, that that's what you believe in because it's your team. And there there are people online who I I know sometimes we come off like we might have an xbox bias overall despite the fact that we're kind of mixed um we're not in people's twitter mentions uh trying to convince them that crackdown 3 is actually a really great game like we're we're not doing that and i don't understand what is what is wrong with the people that are i don't understand the people who feel the need to defend these billion dollar corporations like they are their best friend if someone does not like your favorite billion dollar corporation that shouldn't even affect you remotely. You should read that, you know, be like, I don't agree. And then move on with your day. Because at the end of the day, the corporation 
does not give a flying fuck about you or any of your loved ones. At the end of the day, all they want you to do is buy their fucking plastic $500 box and buy the discs and the code for said box and to keep their lights on. That is it. There is no deeper meaning. There is no relationship forming beyond that. And anyone who thinks otherwise is lying to themselves. And another side of this that we have kind of been briefly talking about is... Uh, and this is, you know, this is a part that does seem kind of obvious and really should be. But with the amount that it happens in the gaming industry and in life in general, I guess it's not as obvious. Death threats over anything video game related are the most extreme, utter, nonsensical, crazy bullshit reaction a human being can have. Look at Mark, for example. Someone who, while I disagree with him, hates the art design of the up-and-coming Brilliant Diamond and, Shiman, and Shining Pearl remakes. Oh, yeah, this he is just true. Like, yeah, he does not like them at all. He hates looks them. Awful. He despises looks, them. He looks like, it exist. looks like butt. looks like stupid poo-poo. Uh, That's what it looks like. He is not going to the head of the Pokemon company saying, I'm going to be at your house at 9 o'clock tonight. Leave the front door open. He's just saying... I do not like this. I wish it was something else. He's not adding anyone on Twitter. He's not putting out these 30-minute rant videos just talking about everyone should hate this game. It's terrible. It's not what we want. We should all be disappointed. He just says, oh, this sucks. And then he moves on with his day like any other rational human being would. Like all rational human beings should do. And this... Mark... This, oh, what's up? I, I was going to say, do you, do you have... I want to find the wrinkle that is like insightful here and I'm I'm looking to you for it because we know we we just know how bad this is and I I wish that one of us had a solution. Well, what I think the problem here is like this is this is the things we're seeing here I think this is just bigger than games. This is I think a lot of people who are into games uh, identify a lot with their hobby. Like this is like to a point where it's their personality. And I think people express it in a really poor way where we, we, we say uh, these corporations don't care about you. And that's not what they're, they're concerned about. It is like a people siding with a sports team. It's part of who they are. People find a lot of self-worth in, in their hobbies. And I think they go really overboard and you you combine that with a lot of entitlement that people have to these games, whether they're taking into consideration what what it takes to make a game or whatever their uh, online etiquette, whatever they think they can and cannot say, how disconnected from reality, because video games are an escapist medium, uh, a hobby as well. There's, there's a lot of, th of factors here that I think when you, you boil them together, uh, it, it creates something really ugly. Uh, in the fan reaction, how people talk about it, and when you don't take a lot of these into these things into consideration, I think we can be really left uh, wondering or jarred, just like why, why, why do why do gamers act this way? Why do we have to? Why do we have to be such miserable people? Not why not us specifically, but spend an entire. Well, why do we have to be so miserable as well? I, I, I why? Mean, why? We're we're. I think we we can be jaded and have a little. Uh, a bit of a bitter take on this, but I, I think that it sometimes, if not often, uh, the room isn't the room being uh, gaming as a fandom can be really annoying. I, I, I know even when I had my Pokemon takes and I was talking about them to some of my friends, 
uh, about the Diamond and Pearl remakes. And I'm just saying, like, oh, this doesn't look like what I would want it to be. Uh, and I'm, I'm not, like Peter saying, I'm not someone who's being very vocal on Twitter or anywhere and, like, adding people. But plenty of people were, uh, and probably still are. People have it out for Pokemon. Uh, the fuck Pokemon them. Company. Genuinely fuck those people. Yeah, and... Like, and the the point I'm trying to get at here is that when I'm just sharing my take uh, to my friends, it's just exhausting for them to hear it because they're they're already knowing like I'm even though this is in closed space, this is just me talking with friends. It's only adding more fuel to the fire because you want to be happy about what's coming next for this. The fact of the matter is, it's easier to be mad than it is for it to be happy, and people are pissed at everything nowadays. Myself. But I'm in that too. The only difference is I don't take it out on everyone else around me. I try to find other healthier routes to take care of it and not lashing out at individuals on Twitter because they don't agree with my gaming opinions. And then whenever someone is told, hey, you need to calm the fuck down because you're pissing, you're screaming at someone on Twitter over Pokemon. They then say, you're a white knight or you're just a fucking fanboy. Also, can I just say real quick, anyone who's using the term fanboy in a serious manner, at this day and age, you're a fucking loser. You're I, an honest I, loser. Depends on the context tweet at them, here. Tweet it at depends them, on the context here, because you can. That's a it's a very large title. I want to say. Uh, uh, I, it can mean a lot anyone of things. Feels the need to spend their time lashing out on others. It'd be one thing if we're having a discussion and you disagree with someone. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who. Say every time, like, Fall Guys or Among Us tweet, they say, dead game, why would anyone play this? Uh. Or, like, Pokemon saying, anyone who likes this game is a fucking idiot, it's terrible, and every single time Nintendo or Pokemon tweets, they tweet their hate about Pokemon. That's the loser. That's someone who has decided, I'm only gonna, I'm gonna use my time on this earth to just bring negativity and bring, I feel shitty, and I want everyone to feel just as shitty as I do. What a loser. What an asshole. What a horrible fucking way to spend your time on this earth. You're a fuck. Anyone who does that, you're a fucking loser. And I, I comfortably stand by that viewpoint. Now, I, I do want to give like kind of a shout out to the one positive aspect to maybe it's not console war mentality. Maybe it's just being an active consumer who is interested in the hobby but like when we did state of playstation i could see how that comes off console worry because we were just talking about how playstation's at the top of the industry and the conversation evolved into what do these other companies have to do to knock them down it goes back to the sport thing there is a sport intrigue here. I want to see who's winning and I want to see what moves companies make in response so that they can try and take the lead back. I think that's interesting, but it is when it is when it makes it into the public sphere too much, how much you care about this team that you really want to win. That's when the problem comes into focus and I think I'm struggling to I'm struggling to come up with anything purposeful to say about it because in so many ways the console wars are just another representation 
of the problem that comes with internet discourse these days. And internet discourse has never been good, and it feels like it's only getting worse, and there's no better place to look for that than the gaming communities. I think... I, th- I think I think in a similar way there. I think community, especially in an online form, is really important. And over the past 20, 30 years, like this is just something that's kind of first. Uh, communities haven't existed like this in the past. And the first generations of people who are growing up with this and kind of integrating this into life, a, a, a form of community that can yet be really disconnected but also still so connected and in the game space. I, I think I'm just kind of reiterating a little bit what I said before, but I think there's a lot of entitlement to what people expect from games and people are putting so much of their uh, worth into their hobby that, that, that makes them so fired up. They feel like they have to engage the way that they do. Uh, and as time goes on, I feel like people are only going to get more bitter about it as as more generations kind of come into games, uh, the games are going to keep changing. They're going to keep evolving. They're going to keep uh, not necessarily just catering, but reaching out to new audiences as generations of new interests come in to this world. And people want to understand that people will see like, why is something like Among Us here? Why do people like this game? Something like this has existed for so long, but it's it's relevant right now. People like it. People who haven't played the predecessors of a game like Among Us, they're they're here for this moment right now. Minecraft is as big as it ever was, and it is bigger than it's ever been, and that's really still saying something. And whether we like that or not, I don't think really matters. Uh, people are going to be angry, and this is just—I don't want to say this is just a hobby because people can be really invested in their hobby and it can be really important to them, but that doesn't, that doesn't give everyone, anybody the, the motivation or a good reason to tear it down in any other way, because sure we can, we can take our own hobbies and interests seriously, but we don't get to decide how to a to, degree. Yeah. To, to, to a degree responsibly, of course. Uh, but I I don't want to like end this my point like saying just let people enjoy things because there's there's some debates there where I I think with critical analysis like sure it's it's okay to poke holes in things because we're we're trying to break down what 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 our media is doing trying to really understand what we're consuming but in this context where we're just talking like uh. Oh, this new Pokemon remake is coming out. It's not what we want it to be. It, it looks gross. This isn't uh, this, the graphics aren't great, good enough for it. Like this is a situation where it's like let people enjoy the thing we do. This is yeah. This is this is the hobby thing. If it was more so on the side of uh, the J.K. Rowling uh, stuff uh, with her turf uh, alliances, I think she said it's like oh, let people enjoy things. Or Harry Potter's like no, no, no. There's more context to the real world here. And this is this isn't where we can just say let people enjoy the things that they like. This is this is this influences the real world here. This is this is more than that. This is this is no longer just a property. This isn't just entertainment. This is affecting lives. Like, yes, but, I 
do, do you have more to add? Uh, just just trying to close out what I'm saying. We're understand when it's okay to let people like the things that they do. Understand where our criticisms are aren't necessary. When when there's a time and place to be critical and to be uh, to express your negativity only matters so much. Time and place for everything. It's the rule of the universe. I, I, I completely agree. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I keep cutting you off. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. I completely agree. And I think it's about time to put a bow on this episode. And it's it's going to be a long bow. Because as sort of a recap, I guess, the companies are bad because they let expectations get too wild, but Peter might say that they're not that bad. And then the consumer is now bad because of how it takes its reactions too far. And really what, what I'm just seeing is a whole big mess and it all comes down to just the marketing becoming too cult based gaming gets too cult based and maybe it's the marketing's fault. Maybe it's the consumer's fault. Who knows? The only thing that is for certain is that you shouldn't be tweeting. Fuck you, you dirty dog to anyone online, unless they're a PC gamer, then you can do it. Oh, Oh, um, and I really like what you brought up at the end there about how uh, let people like what they like is a thing to say, but also actual critical conversation is, I would argue, essential. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we're doing here. And we're I agree. Doing... I agree. The problem is that anyone will just take their blanket negativity, give it a title of criticism, and think it should be allowed or think they shouldn't be shed on for it. Because they say, I'm just, it's, it's constructive criticism. We need to really define the difference between constructive criticism and just being a dick. Because too many dicks keep jumping into the constructive criticism pool, and we need to stiff arm them and make sure they don't ever even tip their fucking toes in it again. I'm inclined to agree with that as well. I think general conversation about games, media, and criticism is is a future topic at some point. I think we could get a lot out of that. My Does anyone have any final thoughts, I Peter? Have, I have a final note. I have a final note. The three of us are kind of cynical, jaded people. Mark, I don't think, is as bad as Owen and I, but it is what it is. Many other people who are in the gaming industry are just as jaded and cynical as us, if not more. But there are those who are not. There are those who manage even despite the constant chaos that life has been, not only the last year or the last four years, just the everyday whirlpool, hectic hurricane that is a life. There are those who are able to keep their head high, have their chin up, and look forward, and are able to be positive despite all of the shit flung at them every day. And anyone listening to this who may identify themselves at that description... Never, ever let anyone take that from you. Because it is pure, it is rare, and we need more of you than more of us. That is my final thought. 
That was well said. All right. This has been episode 10 of the BNY Gaming Podcast. We will see you all next week. Have a lovely day, everyone. Keep playing Warzone, everybody. I've never played it. Uh, I don't have investment there, but I know I know there's a lot of you out there that do have that investment, and I uh, I want you to keep that fire going. Keep playing Warzone. Season 2 sucks.